All right, everybody, welcome to the Voice by Matt show. My name is Matt Bertho. I'm your host. And today we have Mr. Garrison Roy. Garrison is an entrepreneur and he is a very special entrepreneur. He coaches athletes, specific athletes, baseball players. And he has been working with me for a while, um, finding his voice, his brand. Um, and he's going to talk today about his, uh, how he found his voice. So welcome to the show, Garrison. Yeah, no, appreciate you having me on, Matt. This is awesome. I'm usually the one doing the interviewing, but now being interviewed on the other side is, is pretty cool to be a yeah. part of. Yeah. Tell them about your podcast, man. Like you, you yeah. got, it's, it's, it's doing, it's doing really well. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of uh, essentially where I kind of connected with you and I was like, okay, Hey, I, I see some value in, in what uh, Matt has to help with my podcast too, but it's called in the zone, basically helping guys in the baseball industry of players or coaches, helping them with being in the zone mentally, uh, physically training like zones, and then also like skill acquisition and things like that. Just a bunch of various topics that'll come up. Majority of them will be interviews, but I release about two episodes per week, been on track with that for almost over a year now. So, um, and kind of funny how that whole podcast started. And I actually, you know, full transparency here. Um, I was with a previous company that was, you know, baseball development related. And um, I was let go by that job. And I had all this knowledge and stuff that I was just kind of sitting on. And I, uh, you know, signed a non-compete so I couldn't go get another job oh, with the skill set that I already had, right? So I was like, okay, what can I do that's not like really competitive or, you know, being it as a, a way where I was like, hey, I'm trying to get people to do services. I'm like, well, podcast is free. I'm just share a lot of information and throw some things out there. Mm-hmm. Throw out some of my thoughts because I've been, you know, around baseball, not even just playing. And I guess to back up a little bit too, my background in baseball, I've played uh, pretty much since I was around 10, 12 was whenever I got really serious. Really? So um, you yeah. didn't start like when you were six? No. Yeah. You have like all those kids who like what? start super, super young and none of my family played baseball either. So um, my, like my dad played like pony league, but like he didn't play college or pro or anything like that. So you so, started at 12 years old or 10? I would say like my first time I played, I was like nine. Okay. But I had no idea what was going on. Oh. Like I was like picking flowers and stuff out of the uh, outfield. And, so and things like that. did dad teach you how to play catch? Did, did you have that, that whole thing? Kind of had a little bit of that. Yeah. But then he also like, once we got to a certain level, like whenever I was 10, I made my first all-star team. So I was like, oh, this is, this is really cool. Dude, uh, me too. At ten years old, yeah. we called it midget league back in Park go. City. Yeah, I I was from out of town, and uh, I you know I was trying to fit in with the cool kids, right? And I was like, why why don't I'm playing baseball really well? Why, why don't I get picked? And then about ten years old, I got I remember I got selected. It was like the second team All Stars. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's cool. Go ahead. Oh, I mean, it was it was in a really small town called Smackover, Arkansas. So, like, if you whoa, time out. What's it called? Smackover, Arkansas is the name. Smackover? That's a town. 
the town. You look it up, Google it. There's a one stoplight in the middle of the road. And uh, that's pretty much it. Like you can blink if you go through that. What's what's the what's the big attraction in Smackover? Uh, there like isn't one. Like Smackover. Yeah. Yeah, it used to be an old oil town. So you have like the railroad that would go through there and stuff, and it kind of boomed up a little bit. Um, but now it's you know, sadly kind of like I'm a little bit more of a ghost town. We went out and visited there over the summer uh, for my grandma's 80th birthday. And I took uh, Patty, my girlfriend, out there to, you know, just kind of see where I came from. And it was kind of humbling to kind of look back and, like, look at some of the houses that I used to live in. I was like, wow, that looks like an absolute shack. And wow. back whenever I was growing up, I was like, you know, we had a bunch of acreage of land so you can run around and do stuff. And I thought it was huge. We had, like, a an art room and stuff so like before i even got into baseball i kind of really was uh dove into art so they like they built one of those big like canvas painting uh desks that you have where you like lift it up from the bottom and you have a bunch of stuff this underneath. makes sense now garrison yeah, so it's all is, guys if you look at any of garrison's logo work or any of his design this makes a lot of sense now <laughs> and 10 years old that same year that i made the all-star team i also won a t-shirt contest uh, for what's called natural high day so everyone in the entire school obviously it was like k through six because it was such a small school um it was probably like 200 or something kids but they all had like this day where we would go out and play and you know just be outside and have a, a natural high oh, the play days were the best days yeah oh the for races sure. so, and the, the beanbag or the what were the what are the the big sack races. Do they still? Did you guys do that? The we had the, the uh, yeah. It was like potato sacks where you like yeah, jump. Yeah, yeah. All the different types of games that were set up. Dude, yeah. I love those days. Yeah, no, it was fun. Um, but yeah, so like you have a contest going on school wide, and everyone submits like their painting or their drawing of like what they're gonna put on the shirt. And mine was like literally like a super zoomed out, like as if I'm looking from space. With a pole, like an American flagpole, sticking up out of the United States. So I kind of like outlined a very rough, like North America, and then like you know, kind of. How old were it. you? It's ten. God damn, man. Yeah. So I had that like globe, and then the pole was like you know just super three D sticking out as if it was like, hey, this is like where we are, smack over, and then natural high day across the top, and then my name was like at the bottom of everyone's t shirts, and I was like, oh, this is cool. You so you made the natural high T-shirt that everybody got to wear. Yep. And Do you still have that? I don't because it obviously <sighs> I don't fit it. My dad has a hype of that though, and I I can see if he still has a picture of that somewhere. Yeah, you should post that on your Instagram and tag me so we can post yeah. that up. I'll I'll do that, dude. That's so cool. But yeah, yeah, Garrison. His his logo and artwork for everything that he does, guys, is so clean. And I remember I asked him about it one time on a coaching session we were having, and I said, dude, who does that for you? He goes, I do it. And I said, what do you mean you do it? He goes, yeah, I do it. It's, you know, it's easy. It's on Canva, and I just do this, and blah, 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 blah and do this, and this, and this. And I look at Canva, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't even know where to start. This makes a lot of sense now. No, yeah, it does. And to kind of wrap this all up together, like I've had this same type of artistic kind of view through how I coach, hmm. right? Like 
a lot of times, especially like probably you, whenever you're going up, like a lot of people visualize the coach player relationship as a kind of top down, like dictatorship kind oh, of. Yeah. Whereas now, like, you know, and, and there's parts where you need to have some discipline and things like outlined, of course, but I've started to evolve to where it's more of a co-pilot or just kind of coming alongside and helping them, you know, figure out ways on how they do things <clears throat> and just guide them along the way. Well, I don't know much about baseball right now. But growing up in the 80s and 90s, it was definitely that top-down kind of thing, right? Yeah, if you watch any professional sports, you know, like Tommy Lasorda, like, and, you know, like these legendary coaches, they were just kind of like kingpins, right? Like, like they were like yeah. the, the bosses, right? But then you look at, like, I know professional football really well, and even some college football. I think that you're exactly right, Garrison. I think that the role of a coach now is more of a, I'm with this, I'm in this with you. We, if, when we work together and create, and I know this in, in my you know, uh, old teaching job I had, when we work together and I would ask the students, well, what do you think? How do you think this should go? What are your ideas, right? I see that with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid goosebumps mm -hmm. all over my body right and you look at belichick and belichick's that old school dictator this is how it's going to be this is what it's going to be done right and he's yeah. not having success right now but mike mcdaniels for the dolphins you see how he coaches his coaching style he's integrated with them he, they're, he's giving high fives he's dancing with them he's doing all the things andy reed co-creating co with mahomes you know yeah. they are you know yeah. they are. And with Kelsey, right? That's why they're having success. So you're on the money, Garrison. You're like the new wave of coaching, right? Yeah. Um, so Garrison, talk to them a little bit about, uh, you know, I just kind of want to dive in because I know, I know a lot about you. And, yeah. you know, we've been working on uh, showing emotion, showing vulnerability, showing who you really are. You know, Garrison has had a lot of transition. I, I would love for you to talk about, uh, you know, like fast forward a little bit through high school to college and then uh, kind of what happened. Yeah, for sure. So we were, I guess, left off like, okay, hey, made the all-star team. From there, obviously, the passion for baseball grew. And my dad, like I said, he was limited in his knowledge and he knew that. And so he was like, Hey, we're going to send you these camps and do all these things to kind of help grow your knowledge. So I kind of, you know, took some of the training to the extreme for, for a kid who's like still in high school. I would like basically create my own training thing inside a garage. <clears throat> so that's kind of how a lot of this. So you were coaching yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of taking bits and pieces from little, you know, things here and there, but like, Hey, I like what this, you know, baseball guy get, does or oh, I like this what you know uh this place out in Texas does this or this place out in Florida does this like wow. I just make my own like little type of training regimen and literally just collect everything and find out what would work best for me how did you collect that just by going to these camps I would go to camps um and then as the internet started to ramp up you know like <clears throat> early 2000 you know probably nine, 2010, I started looking at like forums and stuff on websites or 
people would be like, hey, like buy this little ebook or this uh, one guy in particular, which I actually had him on my podcast. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, which was actually kind of cool to go full circle. But he had like this online like training thing and I could download it to the old school iPods where you had like the little hole. Dude, in the yes. So I would literally have workouts on those that I would do along with other stuff that I kind of made. And I was like, okay, hey, like I'm kind of creating my own like training. Philosophy. Whoa. Weird way. Yeah. You, you were learning how to coach and train from 10 years old on. Yeah, pretty much. And then, you know, obviously that led me to get a college scholarship and, um, you know, there was a, a, a bump in the road, I guess you could say for, where everyone thinks like, Oh, Hey, you go to college and you just play and maybe you go on to play professional baseball. But for me, like I was always the guy I was like started freshman in high school, you know, junior and senior year all the way up to that. But once I got to college, I'm not the biggest, baddest dude in the, in the mm-hmm. town anymore. <laughs> so I got redshirted and I also had a few other life situations happen where my parents were, getting a divorce. And then my girlfriend also uh, broke up with me at the time. It was like high school girlfriend. Uh, she broke up with me on my oh, birthday. Oh yeah. Literally came down on my birthday. And how long did you, on your birthday? Yeah. So all three of those all within like a month of each other. How long did you date her? Uh, it was just off and on through high school. I mean, we were friends. Oh yeah. For, um, yeah junior, senior year. And we didn't really officially start dating until after we graduated high school. So you got red shirted, mom and dad are going through a divorce and your high school sweetheart decided, nope, not anymore. That's it. And so all within the same month, all within the same month, all kind of stranded. And then one thing I always forget about too, my car broke down that I had at the, uh, at the school. So I couldn't really leave the school. I had a roommate who was like, lived like maybe an hour away. He was like, Hey, come home with me this weekend. I was like, Okay. So that was just me going to class, doing baseball stuff, and then hanging out with, you know, other guys that were still around on campus. Cause whenever you're redshirted, you don't get to travel whenever the team's out of town in the spring. So it's super lonely, like all the other sports and the small JUCO that I was at. It's called Crowder College. Um, and it was actually in Missouri. So mm-hmm. in Yosho, Missouri. And, you know, uh, with with all the other people that go to school there and that live on campus, they're playing sports. So if it's a spring sport, they're out doing their own thing. And then it's basically like a ghost town. You're just kind of chilling by yourself. So. And probably I mean, you didn't have a lot of support with people noticing Garrison's a little sad. Garrison's a little lonely. Garrison's a little depressed. You probably didn't oh, have any of that support. You did? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I I definitely went through some waves of depression and stuff there. I didn't have any support. Other That's than what I was saying. So, yeah, of course you had depression and sad and upset mm-hmm. and pissed. So what did you do to handle it? Because I know those feelings, especially yeah. when you well, go through a lot of shit like that. For sure. I Part of it was like, okay, hey, I'm leaning into the training side. So I was like, I can control, I control, I can't play right now. But I can still go in and train and do everything I need to do every so single So you day. went into the 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 like the cave a little bit to get some aggression. Went down for like the uh, you watch the old Rocky movies, like yeah. That's what I was about in. to say. You rock it up, like you you were like, okay, assholes, I'm about to get 
beefy and kick some ass. That's it. That's it. And then what happened? Well, and then um, I just had the transition period. I kind of moved out to Charlotte, North Carolina, because my dad, whenever they got divorced, bounced out this way. So I was like, okay, there's not many opportunities or things here for me. And a lot of family members were like, hey, you're stupid. You're walking away from your college scholarship, which I was at the time. Um, And I was also just kind of lost in a way. And what a lot of how old were you then, Garrison? That was I was 18. Holy crap, man. Yeah. So Uh, long story short, a lot of people that know me in the baseball industry actually don't know this part of me. (laughs) Um, but I was pretty devout Christian all through high school and you know, led a few like home group meetings and stuff like that, youth group meetings. So whenever I came to Charlotte, I was like, hey, like I'm gonna go try out for this local juco team also and i you know contacted the one that i was at i was like hey just letting you know i'm leaving and i told him all this in person broke down cried and i was like hey like Mm. really appreciate this but you know i just need to i need to have a fresh start somewhere because this was just having all that at one place was was a lot so i go there and i go try out at the school uh which funny enough later on i end up i end up coaching against but uh this coach was just like hey yeah you know feel free to come on down for a try it was like five guys that showed up through a bullpen left my oakley sunglasses there actually and never got them back oh he was like yeah just go ahead time out time out because there's a lot of people that are like why is that significant oakley sunglasses like guys i'm telling you what if you had oakley sunglasses as a baseball player you were the shit like you're an yeah you you were you were like the bomb it didn't matter how beat up they were no matter if you couldn't hardly see out of them how scratched they were you put those on for me growing up you put those on you feel like freaking bo jackson or freaking mark mcguire sammy sosa that was my generation oh yeah that was was just like the thing that you had like now you leave those and a piece of you feels like feels like it's gone for sure (laughs) Well, and not not even to mention that, like the the coach was like, "Yeah, just go ahead and register for classes or whatever." And I'm like, "My dad lives an hour away. I'm gonna have to commute and just come down to practice Every and go to day? class." Well, so that was the original plan, but then as soon as I get into classes and stuff, uh, the coach calls me and is like, "Hey, yeah, man, appreciate you coming out for the trials, but we're, we don't have a spot for you on the roster." And I was like, "Really?" So <laughs> right then and there, I dropped out of the entire club school. Wow. And just I was like, okay. And you lost your Oakley's. Yeah. And I lost those two. Mm. I, I don't know why I remember that detail, but I did. Because so, they're important. They're a part yeah. of you. It's like, it's, it's like, like if you lose your lucky socks or your, yeah. your, your lucky batting glove. Mm-hmm. When you have that aspect too, for sure. And I mean, that was a low blow for me. I was like, okay, like I I don't have the funds to even just go to school. So I, like I said, pulled out, started my own lawn mowing business yeah. and went to house to house, tried to mow some yards, make Dang. some money. Dang. Um, and then you're about, you're still 18. I think I was 19 at this point. 19. Okay. So, you know, like I said, I was a little lost 
And I ended up going to this church group and eventually got into like the seminary school. What? Uh, just kind of did like a an audit audited classes and, and things like that. Yeah. So that's where I kind of reconnected with my faith and trying to get just answers of things that, you know, when you have a lot of things like that that go through so who, your life. Who led you there? Like, did anybody like say you should go do this? You should go try this? No one really said they that they that I should do it. Um yeah. So my my dad got remarried again, and they got married at this church called Morningstar, and that's where the the school was. It's called Morningstar University, or like okay. seminary theology school, basically. So that was like other things that I was already really passionate about, and so I was like, hey, like I'll just dive into this, kind of see what happens. Um, and then I guess there was just a point where I was going through that, and I was like, hey, I don't really feel passionate about. It. Like, yes, I have things here but also like i don't see myself having a future in ministry hmm. so funny story as i was walking down these neighborhoods doing yards and things like that i see a kid who was uh just kind of going through a throwing motion that looked like in his garage and i like look at him and i'm like whoa time out so you're out doing what and you see this kid in a garage yeah i'm like mowing yards so like Oh my gosh. Mowers, those little push mowers that you have and like a little weed eater. So I had the weed eater on my shoulder, push mower, and I'm just taking it down this neighborhood with a you know tank of gas and stuff. And I just noticed, I was like, that looks really familiar. And mind you, I told you about where I was at, um, where I was like picking up all small little things from places like Texas and Florida. And I realized this thing that he was doing, I was like, that looks really familiar to some things that I learned at this place in Texas. So I walked up to him. I was like, Hey, like, where do you learn to do that? I was like, Oh yeah, I go to this training facility down the road, CBC. Uh, this guy, Steve Morgan runs it. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. I was like, does he have any affiliation with the, uh, you know, Texas baseball ranch? And he was like, uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I was like, well, yeah, I'd love to meet him. Like, where's this facility, you know, and just kind of went from there. Long story short, this guy got, a lot of what he was doing for training from then hmm. in town. And I was just like, Hey, can I just come in and throw? Like I didn't have a college scholarship or anything. I was just like, Hey, I'm just trying to get back into it. And I go up there, just started getting back, ramping up into training three, four days out of the week. And then one of the coaches comes over and just randomly said like, Hey, uh, this junior college down here near Wilmington or is actually in Whiteville, North Carolina there. They need some pitchers. Hmm. Just go there, hit him up, and throw a pin for him and see what happens. So it's like, okay, cool. So literally, like November, probably around this time of 2000, and uh, I guess that would be 14. I go down, and before I even finish the bullpen, the coach is like, "You got a spot on the roster. You're going to come play for us in the spring." I'm like, "Whoa, awesome!" So. Um, and funny story with that, this is all improv, by the way, I didn't even have No, this I love this. This is it. I, I end up playing, uh, or pitched through the bullpen and then I started the last championship game to win the regionals. Come on. Of that season. So I don't know if oh, you guys. Can... There we go. There it is. That's a big ring. So, that's the first ring that I got, um, for playing. Did you twice. beat that team that dropped you that didn't let you get on the roster? They were in a different division. Dang um, it. 
But when I coached them, yes, I did beat them. Yeah, beat them. there we go. That's sweet. Yeah. So um, for everyone listening, a rewind. Garrison was lost. Garrison was out of junior college. Mm-hmm. Shit hit the fan. Three things happened. He got super sad and depressed. Relocated. Tried out for that team. Lost his Oakleys. That team said, ah, psych, we don't have room on the roster. Went to another place, mowing yards, saw a kid doing some work in a garage, mowing yards outside this guy, and saw this kid doing this work in a garage. And then that led him to a facility to do some baseball work that led him to a tryout that led him to winning a regional championship. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Whoa. But, before, then, but in there, a big part was God. Absolutely. Big part. Huge part of it. I couldn't have done it without leaning on him and having them, you know, guide me. Like, honestly, like if I even have the guts to go over and talk to that kid, like none of that probably would have happened. No. Probably you know, building up a landscaping business or moving on with something else. Holy crap, man. So, uh, but the fast forward, yeah, fast forward with that, end up getting another college scholarship. So for those of you are, that are unfamiliar, junior college is two years. And then you go to a four-year university and you have five years of eligibility. So I already burned my redshirt year. So now I have four more. I did two at the junior college. You got two. And then I had two more years left. And found out uh, this was in Winston-Salem, uh, North Carolina. Winston-Salem State was the school that I went to. And this was the the other ring that I won mm. my senior year. What kind of ring is that? 17. This was our uh, CIAA conference championship. But we also got to the regional championship game. But we lost to the team who won the entire Division II World Series, which was Westchester. Uh, university. What was the score? Oh, was that we were running low on pitching, so um, I'd have to honestly go back and look, but it was a lot to a little in that last game. Yeah, they dropped bombs. We were, we were kind of the underdogs in a way. Okay. We had um, we were seventh seed out of eight, and lost the first game, and then won out to the championship. Oh crap, dude! And we had you know most college rosters have twenty four to twenty six guys. We had twenty two guys. Mm. We were already pretty short-handed, and I played first base some because I I went to college as a pitcher. Yeah, um, yeah, but I was able to play defensively, you know, first base some whenever the guy who played first went into close, um, or went into pitch at any point. So, so after that, what happened? But after that, I knew after that last championship game, I just had that gut feeling. I was like, all right, this is it for me. Mm. I'm I'm done playing. No scouts. Uh, nobody was like calling you up. Yeah, no, I mean, I was like mid to low 80s. I had good stuff. I could locate. I'm, I could get hitters out. But at this point, like, if you're not throwing 90 plus, like, you're not going to be able to play for a ball. Or at least okay. not for very long. If you do, it's a very hard uphill battle. Okay. So, and I already had a offer to have an internship at this place in Florida that I told you about. So, I decide, like, right after the game, I go down. I kiss home plate. I'm like, you oh, know. Man. Solid farewell, tearing up. Damn. And I was just like, okay, well, next time I see the field is 
whenever I coach. That's hard, man. So I do a a couple internships in Florida, you know, just kind of learning some skill sets and, and developing my tool box, as you could say, yeah, as a coach, right. Learning different tools of the trade, um, how to do certain things, different philosophies. And again, how to adapt it as my own, not just as for myself as whenever I was a player, but how it can be for a bunch of other guys across the board. Um, so I was there for a little while in Florida and I was like, Hey, I kind of miss some family. So I ended up getting a pitching coach job at Limestone college, uh, right. which is South Carolina, pretty close to North Carolina, obviously, but it was like about an hour away from Charlotte where my dad was at. So decided to move a little bit closer, was there for a season and then got with this other company, Tread Athletics, which, um, as I alluded to earlier, was a company that um you know left and where i started my podcast and that whole entire journey through there so <clears throat> you were also working at iCryo for a while yeah so that was after yep so after i was let go from tread i had to pick up some other odd end jobs you know and went to iCryo one of my friends rob blanc who's now my business partner as well um he offered me a job he was like hey like i know you may want may not want to do this long term but this is something that you can do and you know you also have a a pretty decent knowledge base of how the human body works Mm -hmm. and so i was like okay cool i'll hop in i'll jump in different skill set you know where you're going in and you're um and educating and informing people on the modalities like cryotherapy saunas you know compression therapy red light therapy all you different do IV? types. Do you guys do IV work there? Yeah, there was a, a bunch of IVs and stuff we did. Um, and then they recently started up a hyperbaric chamber. So for Sweet. athletes, you know, your your big NFL guys post game, they're mm-hmm. they're hopping in those things to kind of help with some of their recoveries and. No, um, Garrison. What's really cool about this is, uh, you know, from the outside listening to you, you are on a really cool journey. And it it seems like, you know, God lets you kind of go play in this play box for a while. And then you get this sandbox you're going to play in for a while. And then this sandbox. And um, so, you know, I, I, I know you joined the Arate syndicate and when did, when did you join Arate? Um, To be honest, kind of in the middle of all of that. So before, I knew I was trying to build up a remote training platform, which me and, and Rob, uh, like I said, we're business partners, co-founders of. So I was like, hey, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. So so kind of tell, tell, tell the audience what, 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 what you do now, because I don't think you've really said yeah. exactly what you do now. So now, obviously left iCryo. Um, so now I, I train guys remotely through an app, our, our platforms called Ink Sports Performance. Um, but then I also assist with a travel baseball company called Showcase Baseball Academy um, and helping kind of on-ramp all of their teams all across the nation to kind of have a one centralized platform. And how many teams are you helping with? Because this blew my mind. Yeah, it's probably close to 150 teams overall. 150 yeah. freaking baseball teams in the United States that you are helping manage. Yep. That's it. So we're we're on ramping them onto the this whole platform to where everybody 
has like their own player profile and stuff. So it's going to come help on recruiting and everything too. So yeah, it's going to be really cool. Now, do you develop the rating system for them or is that something that a group of scouts do? Like, how does that work? Um, it's an internal thing. So we just kind of have our own like grading scale that cool. only the, the coaches can see. Okay. But then there's also, you know, a, a massive leaderboard that guys Dude. can look and they can kind of rank themselves like, hey, I'm 14 years old. I throw 80 miles an hour. How many other guys are throwing 80 miles an hour? Whoa. The other peak from that. So. So you're developing that whole thing. Yeah. Put, or I'm helping put it together. I didn't create it. StatStack is the company who's creating it. I'm just helping them kind of link the two together. So but, for everybody so, that's listening to Garrison, you can tell that the universe, God, is directing him in a certain path that is not like anybody's path on earth. Much like mine, you know. But but all of these things that being an athlete, his faith to, in uh, God, um, his artistic ability. You guys you guys can tell he's good at with organization and structures and um, databases. And I I know like working with Garrison, we we've had many conversations of how is this working? Like I don't I don't understand why this is happening right now to me. Mm -hmm. um, give them some insight of those uh, dark places that happen, you know, within the last two or three months that, you know, you, you're uncertain, you don't, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah. Well, there was, there was definitely some times where I was, um, you know, right after I was like, go by uh, tread the podcast kind of started up and I was still kind of like trying to find myself, see if I was like, Hey, do I even, do I even want to be in baseball anymore? Like mm -hmm. I've been through a lot of like ups and downs through my career and stuff. And I'm like, okay, Hey, is this like, is this a sign for me to stop? And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think it really is. But you know, you have those thoughts that roll into your head every once in a while, but there was a lot of other personal things that I had to work out and actually led me to do 75 hard. So that whole uh, 2021, I think it started it the day after July 4th and then all the way through uh, September. And by the tail end of that was actually whenever I was, um, I had this God connection to meet uh, my girlfriend, Maddie. Whoa. So, friends. so as I was working on myself and instilling discipline and doing all this stuff. Whoa. Across that. So. Or she, she, you know, to this day, we're like, hey, we probably would have never met if I decided to, you know, once I was like, go to, to leave Charlotte or go somewhere else, because she's a flight attendant. Yeah. And, you know, she's flying around all over the place. Like, maybe we would have crossed paths, but it was very unlikely. But all these little small decisions that I made across the way led us up to this point where we would meet each other. And now we're best friends and, you know looking forward to having a future together. So. so when you put the discipline and the love into Garrison and you focused on yourself first and you got yourself right in many different ways, then God introduced you to Maddie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really crazy to kind of look back at it that way and see 
you know, all that that you go through hmm. where you don't feel like there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel, but hmm. something like that comes along and makes it 10 times better. Garrison, how do you say yes to these opportunities that, that come into existence to you? Because the picture in my head of you mowing the lawn and the visual, the movie that's in my mind that I see you mowing that lawn and then seeing that boy in the garage working on his pitching technique, and then you having the courage to be like, hey, I know that. That was kind of like God going, uh-uh, you're not done with baseball. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you get let go of tread because, you know, you that was baseball. You're like, I thought this is what I was supposed to do. I'm a coach. Like, I, I love baseball. Mm -hmm. And what, what, it, what have you learned about the let go and then saying yes to things? What have you learned about that, that whole process? Because I, I, know, I know what that means for me, and I'm living it, <laughs> literally living it right now. But for, for the audience listening, for your listeners that are going to listen to this, like this journey that you're on, this path that you're on, is it anybody else's? No. Yeah. yeah. It's just Garrison's. It's Garrison's journey, Garrison's path. Tell, tell us how, how do you hear that inner voice, and then how do you have the courage to say yes, and when to say yes? Honestly, I just, I don't even have the voice that is in my head that says to do it. I just start doing things, and then it, then everything starts to unfold. Like, like how? Like, cause, cause I've, I've heard you say all these things and I, I know exactly what you're saying. And everybody that's listened to the podcast up to this point, how do you get in these situations? How, I guess the, the question, better question is, how do you say yes to the little tiny things that got you to this point? How do you, yeah. how do you listen to that internal voice, the, the, the inspiration, yeah. whatever it is? How do you say yes? It, it starts small, to be honest. Like it, it never really, you know, everybody's like, oh, how did you create this job that you have with SBA? Or like yeah. things I'm like, you know, I, it, it started with me listening to that still small voice or, you know, for those of you who are religious, you call it the Holy Spirit or like yeah. that that you have, right? Like even just small little day-to-day -day things, if you listen to that voice and go down to the path that it has you do more often it's it's almost like um small steps that end up taking you all the way up through this massive mountain do you where, have like a like a discipline or like a routine that oh yeah puts you into a quiet space to hear it or is it in action that you hear it like uh honestly i hear it in both so okay. sometimes i hear it in ways where like you know, in the mornings, I go through a morning routine. I have a, you know, devotion and then little meditation after. Um, and What's sometimes I hear it there and then. And sometimes I hear it literally like as I'm driving in the car or as I'm like actively doing stuff. How know, does it so. feel? Like, what's the feeling you get when you need to take action on that voice? There's a lot of peace. and. Huh. Almost like a sense of rela relaxation towards like when I'm doing it. Like, you know how a lot of times when people start doing things, they get really anxious or like yeah. worried about what the next steps are. Yeah. 
for me, it's more of like, okay, I honestly have had this kind of run through my head before. Even if you do feel the fear, you still do it anyway. But you you just have, as you're going through those steps, you're like, okay, hey, like you, you start to feel some of that fear and some of that anxiety and, and things that are kind of coming up into your head. It starts to fade and peel away. And when you take action on the thing, on the idea, how does that feel? Oh, it feels awesome. You're, that's where you're building the momentum and, and getting things to continue to, to add up and stack up to, to where so, it. So for instance, be. today for me, um, I was doing my Wim Hof, I did my meditation and I had this visual and I woke up and I, this is crazy. I checked my Stripe account and I've had one person sign up for the vocal order and their money went through and I haven't, I haven't launched the group yet. And that, that message to me was, Matt, you must start the vocal order Tuesday. And so I was talking to a friend on my workout today and I told her, I said, yeah, I got to start this. And, yeah. and, and she was like, oh, are you sure that it's in the right time right now? Like you got so much going on. I was like, no, I know I have to start this because this person's money went through and that was a big slap in the face to me to say, hey, you better start the vocal order Tuesday, mm. 5.30 p.m. Central Standard. Because that is an, uh, it's, like a, it's like a sign. Like you get these signs and signs also, right? Like you get these signs Garrison, you've told me about them, where it's like, oh, I have to do this thing. And then people question us in our life, even people that we love, and they're like, are you sure you have to do that thing right now? And you're like, yeah, I must do it. Like, it has mm -hmm. to happen this way. So I, dude, this part of the podcast is so good, Garrison, because it's so normal for you to, to hear and listen and act upon that Holy Spirit voice, that inner voice. But the key that I hope everybody picked up on is that every morning, Garrison takes time in meditation, in prayer, in journaling to make time to give space for God to speak. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And having, you know, you coached me along this path of having like these intentions and things of what we're going through. Not like you're going to, and I've always had this kind of pet peeve of mine where like people go to God and they pray and they ask for like this laundry list of stuff. Oh, yeah. And you really should just kind of go in Thanksgiving, right? And you hear that scripture. I think it was Paul. I can't remember the exact scripture right now off the top of my head but he just says pray without ceasing yeah right? what does that mean what does that mean yeah it actually means being thankful being in the present moment but being thankful as you're going through things huh in prayer all day in right you're in prayer all day. all day because you're you're present you're in the moment and you're appreciative it's not you you know always saying like oh hey god what do you think i should do next you know like or like you know sometimes it's having that one-on-one -on -one conversation but sometimes it's literally just like okay hey this is awesome super appreciative or even speaking it out forward of like hey like i appreciate mm -hmm. you opening up this next opportunity for me mm. and that's where things unfold
And it's also about, you know, we hear this a lot, being present in the moment mm-hmm. be, and giving gratitude for this moment. Yeah. Instead of fast forwarding or thinking, oh, I should have, you know, done that better or whatever. But being present in the actual moment like we are right now. That's it. So, Garrison, what's coming up for you? Well, got a lot of fun things coming up. Um, I know you can't talk about a couple of them, but yeah, you could talk about some. Yeah, we'll be uh, for a later date, but <laughs> I can just kind of say, you know, and kind of leading off some of our uh, or one of our coaching sessions that we had recently, which I really liked, where you said, "Hey, what's your intentions for the rest of the year?" Hmm. And I actually had an episode where I was like, "Hey, what are your intentions for your career?" things like that more directed towards players. But for me, you know, having fun is what I have coming up and still being exploring and creative through my coaching. Um, And one thing I don't think I really mentioned was treating each athlete almost as like a blank canvas. Dude, of course, Garrison. Now I'm going to push you on that. Yeah. That's it. Let that artist be a creator. That's it. And you're, you're creating it with them. So you're like, Hey, like, what do you want this to look like? Or what are your goals? What is this? And then you're just like, okay, well, in order for you to get here, we need to add this or in painting, you're like, Hey, you need to do this type of painting or this type of technique to how to, how you're going to do that. And I I want, this is not Garrison's coaching session, but if this was Garrison's coaching session, this is what I'm going to say to him. So this is his you know, information that he would get during a coaching session. Garrison, you are so brilliant with business also that you're not only helping these players. And this is a part of the thing that I also think will separate you as a baseball coach is adding, hey, you need to have something as a baseball player that's also going to help you as a side hustle, make some money as you go through the ranks through to being a professional, right? And so one thing that Garrison is really great at is his brand and other people's brands and helping people with their brands. Garrison, every player that you coach, check this out, you could help them create their personal brand. You could help them with their logo, you could help them with your Instagram, you could help them with YouTube, you could help them how to promote themselves, how to put themselves out there, the color schemes, the whole thing, dude. Yeah, and shameless plug, I do have a mentorship program. If you guys are interested, hit me up and we'll get you rolling on that. Yeah, because uh, you know, athletes need to create their personal brand. They do. They absolutely do. And as you're, you know, coaching guys and myself included through our voice, it's really almost a a brand refinement in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah. You're learning how to articulate the things that you know inside your head and inside your heart, but you don't know how to put it out for other people to uh, understand or express. Well, one of the things that we work on in in our sessions that I that we did in the, in the first eight sessions that we did was you getting real clear about your gifts and your purpose right mm-hmm. so like with me it's I teach with craft artistry and magic working with me you're going to get clarity confidence connection communicate more effectively and have the courage to actually say what you want to say 
So Garrison, you work with Garrison. What do you get? We are going to get more of a problem-solving avenue of how you're going to go about playing, right? A lot of people, like I mentioned before, you know, it's this top-down approach. I'm giving you tools to help you learn how to solve problems for yourself. Mm -hmm. Or in other words, how some people say, teach a man to fish. I'm teaching you how to solve your own problems. Because mm. I'm not on that field with you, teaching you how to adapt and adjust. You got to learn how to do that yourself when you're in between the white lines. And one of the things that I know Garrison teaches his players also is what I teach my players, my clients, is how to out emotion in a healthy way to what you're doing. I've seen Absolutely. him do it on video with a player and the player on the video, when he did it, got so excited. And he ended up uh, hitting a, a PR later on that week too. When he, once he started to learn how to add that positive emotion versus, mm -hmm. you know, focusing on the bad or, you know, mm -hmm. you see guys all the time, bad body language or things yeah. where they're just kind of moping around that has to switch where you're able to to tap into something else and know, okay, hey, this is my anchor to pull me out of that rut. Mm. Talk about that a lot of times. Of an anchor being, you know, for me, it was like, hey, I'm looking at my rolling symbol on my glove. That's me refocusing and I'm back in. I, I just basically flushed everything else. And now I'm back in that present moment and releasing all that happened before. Yeah. Man, Garrison. Um, you're the kind of coach, baseball coach that I wish I would have had growing up. Um, because I think that, you know, I would have been a better baseball player for sure. Um, but also you're making the baseball player whole, not mm -hmm. just a one trick pony that is just a physical specimen that can just do one thing. One of my favorite baseball movies of all time is major league and in major league, uh, who Charlie Sheen? Yeah, he's, he's wild thing. Yeah, yeah. And the, his his problem was what? He's all over the place. He's a head case. Head it case. wasn't. It, it wasn't was performance. He, yeah, yeah. It wasn't that he was physically inept and that he couldn't freaking throw because he could. He was a crazy freaking throw. Like he he threw fire, mm -hmm. but he was a head case. And in the movie, you, he, he learns how to channel it. He learns how to get under control. And, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time is Jerry Maguire. It's about the same kind of thing. You know, Rod Tidwell, great athlete, but he's all over the place. He's kind of crazy. And Jerry has to pour into him and say, you don't know what it's like being me out here for you. It's a pride-swallowing siege that you will never fully understand. And they have all of these hard conversations where most people will be like, man, screw you, I'm out. I, I quit. This is over. But Jerry and Rod formed a relationship as an as a agent, as a coach, and a player, which is essentially what Garrison's doing. And that's what I do, too, with my clients. And by co-creating, by working together, we bring the best out of each other. And that... Okay is when legendary great things happen and you find your voice and you share it and you keep it and you connect with people in a major way. 
And so Garrison is on that journey, just like we all are. And I'm really proud of you, dude. Like, you have grown a ton in the last six months. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I mean, I remember you being an iCryo and being like, I don't know. I, I don't know when it's going to be over. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, don't, I have no idea. And then I remember, I think it was after Unmute, you were like, yeah, I started this new freaking job. I basically created it myself. It's this amazing opportunity. And I, I remember being on the call with you and being like, what? And you're like, yeah, I'm like doing all this stuff and managing all these flights for these people. And I get to create the database and put it all together and roll it out. And they're letting me do my thing. I was like, dude, this is perfect. This is, this is what we wanted, but we didn't know how that was going to happen at all. And so, dude, like you're an inspiration to what's possible, you know, being, being a guy of faith, um, being an athlete, showing your heart. Um, I know it feels good for Maddie, for her to see this progress, to, for her to see what you said. Hold on to faith, Maddie. I know this is going to work. I know this is going to work. Just hold on. Hold on. I've had those talks with people that I love. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for them. It's hard for them to see us struggle. And so props to her for holding on. And keeping faith. And, you know, I know it feels good being you, being like, man, it worked. <laughs> yeah. But that's why you're Garrison. And that's why you're in the position you are right now. And guys, if you need a coach, a baseball coach, you need somebody to look at your brand, somebody to simplify it, somebody to make it look clean, crisp, Garrison's your guy. Um, anything... Uh, you want to leave with today and share obviously share how to get a hold of you um and your podcast and anything you want to leave us with today yeah no i i think it's um twofold really you know no matter where you are in your journey don't compare your your chapter 2 to someone's chapter 12 yeah and i've kind of I had to check myself on that recently. Like, I'm not saying that I have that figured out at all. Um, well, it goes, it goes back to uh, w what Garrison's path is. If Garrison is literally on Garrison's path, the path that was created for Garrison, mm -hmm. is Garrison's path going to be like Matt's path at all in any way, shape, or form? Not at all. No, it's going to look totally different. Yeah. Well, and that's why you can't have the same approach or why everyone can't have the same exact business model or the exact same you know a b c equals d approach you might have some principles in there that it might be the same but at the People same time say, you know have their own unique presence. what works for you won't work for me or what works for me won't work for you absolutely yeah absolutely so finding that and obviously if you need help finding a voice matt's your guy <laughs> i don't know what that is um you know but for a lot of that too, sometimes you, you just have to go within and go without mm. to see what's going on outside. Mm -hmm. So how can they get a hold of you, Garrison? 
yeah, feel free to reach out. I'm on pretty much any social media platform uh, as Royal Performance. That's R-O-Y-A-L-P-E-R-4, the number four, M-A-N-Z-E. By the time you type most of that out, my name's going to pop up. Uh, be right there, Garrison Roy. That's the X handle, the uh, Instagram handle, and LinkedIn, just my name. Mm. Uh, what other platforms? Uh, YouTube. You just search my name on YouTube as well. I have all my podcasts and uh, a few other like baseball things here and there. But oh yeah, always always willing to talk shop or if you guys just need an outside uh, opinion or uh, you know just want to talk, I'm here for you. And we'll have all that info on the description too in the podcast. So I'll have him shoot all that over to me and his bio and a sweet handsome picture probably too if he can send that yeah. over um well garrison you are a really awesome guy very loving man that a great leader the kind of leader that we need in the world today that is a man um, that shows his heart that's also tough masculine um but speaks truth and i'm proud of you you know you you signed up with me uh gave me a shot to help you find your voice you can hear in his voice, he he's found it. You can also hear that it's it's not easy. It's a struggle, but it's worth it. And again, I think a big takeaway for this podcast today, Garrison, is what's Garrison's path is Garrison's path. What Matt's path is Matt's path. And I think the question to the audience is, what's your path? And are you going to try to go for it and find it in this one in this one short life that we have, are you going to take the shot to walk down your path? Absolutely. I have a quote here uh, from Bruce Lee, actually. That's a good one. Uh, Perfect. Absorb what is usefully, uh, absorb what is useful, discard what is not, and add what is uniquely your own. Hmm. And that's our soul. That's it. Well, Thank you, Garrison, for coming on the show today and sharing your soul and letting us into who you actually are and what you've been through and where you're at now and where you're going. We could feel where you're going. You don't have to even say it. We could feel it. Um, so congratulations on everything that's coming your way. Um, but I'm very thankful for you in my life, for life. Um, and... Uh, Thank you guys for listening today and please give uh, Garrison a follow on Instagram and uh, reach out to him. Um, if you have a, a student or a person that is a baseball player that wants to get better at their craft, better at their um, playing and connect emotionally to the sport of baseball, um, Garrison is going to be a guy that will not fail your baseball player. He will make your baseball player whole, which is what I do with the voice. Make your voice whole. So, everybody, thank you for listening, and have a great day, and we will catch you on the next episode. Bye.